0: If you're a more energetically sensitive creative or entrepreneur who's ready to transform your sensitivities into your superpowers so that you can spend more time in the flow and less time in the internal struggle, then you've come to the right place. The Empathic Entrepreneur podcast with me, Anna Stokes, is a business and marketing podcast where we uncover the roadblocks that most energetically sensitive entrepreneurs and creatives face on their journey to success how to move past these blocks to live a more purpose-driven and energetically aligned life. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Empathic Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Anna Longstokes, and I will be your host as per usual. I wanted to start out by mentioning that it is already the end of October, and last time I did an episode, I had just got to Madrid and we were about to leave for Barcelona. And I had planned to do a four-part series on more the empathic side of business ownership. And I'm not going to lie, I just completely lost energy and interest in doing this series. And then what I found happening was that I felt so um, obligated because I had told you guys I was going to do it, that then I hit a lot of resistance And then that resistance led to me avoiding recording any podcast episodes just because I didn't want to do what I had said I was going to do. So yeah, that's kind of a lesson for me. Uh, One, I might start batching content so that when I have the energy, I can do a little bit more of that and share it with you. And two is, I don't know, maybe if you needed to hear this, if there's something that You've made a promise to do or a commitment to do, and it's really not feeling right, and you're empathic, and then you end up kind of all system shutting down because uh, you're resisting it. And I'm resisting it because actually my energy is really moving towards um, a lot of my energy mentorship. I just had a couple clients uh, graduate from level one of their energy mentorship, and they're moving into level two. And I'm beginning to really outline what my group program is going to look like so that I can try to get this empathic awareness and tools into the hands of more people. And that is just where my energy has been, which has meant that that's what I'm focusing on. I have to follow the energy and that's where the energy has been guiding me. So if you were really looking forward to those, I'm sorry. I'm sure I will have the fire within me soon to do some more business-related stuff. But you know what? It's the end of October. I'm in Barcelona. I have been having an amazing time here the last two weeks. It has been so fun, so different than Seaside, Oregon, obviously. And my husband and I have just been walking around a lot, clocking many, many, many miles every day, uh, visiting many, many pastry shops, many, many sites, and we're having a ball, but you know what? It's almost Halloween, and I felt like it would be fun to talk about some spooky stuff uh, if If you know me very well by now, you probably know that I'm not just empathic. You know, I'm a trained clairvoyant. And there is some history and story to kind of how it started and how I started going down this path. Um, I, I think I had experiences when I was younger, some that I think I blocked out. And then when I was 14, my mom took me to a metal, medical intuitive and she said, yeah, we should get your daughter into some of these, uh, energy classes. And essentially I started working with this mentor on different forms of energy healing and, um, doing kind of like shamanic guided uh, work. And, you know, I I have to admit that for the first time on this planet in this lifetime, I felt like I had found, I was tapping into something that meant something to me. I know I came here to work with people on embracing their empathic abilities and normalizing it. it's not that weird. All of us are empathic. We all have different empathic types. And I'm actually about to probably by the time this episode is published, my empath type quiz is going to be up on my website. If you're on my mailing list, I'll be emailing that out or you can check it out on my website. And um, yeah, so we are all empaths. And some of us have, you know, more empathic qualities in one area than in others. But for me, my whole life, I've been very sensitive to feelings. I can feel energy. I can feel emotions of others. Um, Not super visual psychic. I think at a very young age, I remember sort of having that conversation with my guides that no way, no, how do I want to see creepy energy? I might be able to handle feeling it, but I don't want to see it. So in today's episode, (laughs) because it's Halloween, I wanted to share what started to happen when I began to really go down my clairvoyant uh, path and how I've begun to navigate the interactions I've had. So when I was about probably 24, I was living in Chicago, and I had very much shut off the energy side of me. Well, It was starting to kind of reawaken it a little bit. Things were starting to feel off. Something wasn't adding up about my life in Chicago. I talk about this a bit in my... Book, The Girl's Guide to Traveling the World, where I just went through this period of quite extreme depression, aimlessness, and just feeling very lost. And so it was around that time that my grandmother passed. And she was a very, uh, you know, she had her things, right? Everyone has their things. But the great assets of my grandmother was that she was very intuitive, she was an amazing visual artist. She was a beautiful watercolor artist, and she just had such a wonderful, kind energy. And, um, you know, I'm really blessed to have had her as my grandmother, but she she started to get ill, and she declined pretty quickly. And um, around that time, I, you know, she was living in Idaho with my family, and I was um, living in Chicago with my then-partner, And um, her health deteriorated very quickly, and she ended up passing away. And I went home to visit the family. And well, actually, I should start with saying a couple nights before she passed, I had a very, very vivid dream. I would say it was one of the first um, dreams that I felt like was real. And this was kind of my began to be my introduction to the astral. The astral space is the space where we go when we dream at night. And it's actually very alive. It's where your spirit goes when you're asleep. And I had this very vivid um, experience in the astral. My grandmother and I were flying around, almost like flying in one of her beautiful watercolor paintings. And it was so freeing and so amazing. And I woke up and I thought, wow, she must have passed because I don't know. I just thought she must have, but she hadn't quite passed yet. She was kind of in a coma state and um, she ended up passing shortly thereafter. And I flew out to Idaho for the funeral and I was laying. um, We were kind of all the family was together at my grandpa's house. I think it was right before the funeral or right after the funeral. And I went into her watercolor studio, uh, which had a bed in it, like a guest bed. And I went and took a nap and I remember You know, kind of coming to, kind of waking up in that in between state and realizing that um, somebody was laying, I was laying on my side, I was laying on my left side, and I felt someone laying behind me. I felt the bed press down, like I felt them come get onto the bed, and it was pressing down, like the weight of somebody pressing against me, like spooning me, big spoon. And felt like, you know, it felt like um, very lovely. I figured it was like my mom or my aunt, somebody coming to console me. And so I went to turn over and see who it was. And there was nobody there. And I was like, oh, uh, that's, that must have been grandma. And then I just, I didn't even question it. I was like, wow, like grandma just came and laid down next to me. And it was this very surreal experience. And it might not seem like a big deal, but that's kind of where everything changed for me. So I went back to Chicago And I was dating a very traditional Catholic guy, not into energy work, not into this whole world. I I, I don't know. He could be very accepting of it now. I have no idea. But I know that at the time I felt very much like um, I shouldn't share. I would be judged. But also I was like, oh, well, it's kind of like someone like presenting bread to me and being like, bread exists. And I eat it and I'm like, yes, bread exists. So it felt very much like, oh, like I always thought spirits existed. But then like, my grandma passed and I felt the bed and I felt her and I was like, oh yeah, spirits exist. So I got back and I started um, to talk about it a little bit more. And when my grandma passed, there seemed to be some t- type of portal that opened for me where the um, these experiences with energy beings who were no longer in body, um, it began to escalate um, in this apartment that we were living in. Um, I was having various like experiences of leaving my body, but not being able to fully leave, sort of watching the projection process where I would get almost fully out of my body. It would feel like a vacuum. I was getting sucked out, but the only thing remaining would be like my crown, the crown of my head. And I couldn't quite detach my astral body. And I was like, well, what is going on? And then I remember... I was having a nap one day. Can you guys tell I like naps? I love naps. I was having a nap one day and uh, my partner was gone. And I kind of came to, again, in that space where you're like, you know, kind of awake, but kind of asleep. And I see there's this man sitting on the side of my bed. And he is this blue outline, very vivid, energetic blue outline of a man. It was almost like one of those bodies in those body museums where they show like the mush the muscles and like what it looks like when people die but it was like blue so it was like this blue man and he was sitting there he had his legs crossed and he had his chin on his arm and he was just um sort of his chin on his hand in that thinking position he was just looking at me he was just watching me and i was like what is happening and um it began to just sort of escalate things like that. And it became something I couldn't really not talk about because it was happening. And, um, I knew I felt like a knock on the door. There was just a knock. There was a knock like Anna, like wake up, wake up. And I started then, you know, sort of secretly checking out energy books from the library. And I have to admit, we've come a long way as a society in a short period of time this was, I was 24 then, I'm 39 now. Um, peop, The people who were talking about this, like, it kind of wasn't, it wasn't mainstream. There weren't people on social media saying, hey, dead people are actually still among us and da-da-da-da-da. It was sort of more like you would hear people talk about it and then you would hear people make fun of them talking about it. And that still happens. I still get ridiculed for my psychic abilities and putting myself out there. And that's never going to change. But society's come a long way. But at the time, again, this was like 15 years ago, I felt really less comfortable sharing. So I was kind of doing a lot of this just behind the scenes, like I, you know, was researching, you know, beginning to go to my first reiki practitioner, researching different modalities of energy work and um what to do with that. I sort of began, uh, I guess, leaning into what was unfolding because I didn't really know what my options were. Uh, a door was opened clearly and um i didn't really want to close it i guess there's people who probably have that door opened and they find a way to close it close it quickly and it's not anything they want to explore or look at but i felt like i had some bigger purpose here on this planet with embracing these energy experiences i was having and trying to make sense of them and so my first experience was with my grandmother my second was with the blue man and then you know Things didn't really progress much from there. I would say I moved to Portland and then I began taking this big, long, almost three-year Chinese medicine program and um, didn't really have many experiences. I was learning to work with energy in a very manual therapy type way, but I wasn't having a ton of experiences. But I just still had that sort of knocking sense, like knock, knock, like Anna, like we're here, we're waiting. And, um, and then it, and then I, uh, started my beauty business and had this woman come in and I was sugaring her and I asked her what she did. And she said she was going to psychic school. And I think I've talked about this in another episode where I was like, okay, (laughs) like you don't go to school to be a psychic. Like you're, and I was judging her, (laughs) you know, and of course I didn't say anything, but she's psychic. So I'm sure she felt it. But then she told me about kind of her journey into, um, you know, how it all started with kind of a basic energy meditation class and went from there. And, you know, something about it stuck in my mind. And about six months later, when things were getting really tough with running my company, I decided to look into it. So I joined my first clairvoyant class for more the abilities, the basic abilities, the meditation around it and how to learn how to ground and Really, a lot of the stuff I'm doing in my energy mentorship, so it's kind of like the things you need to learn to work with. Um, It's like before you learn how to drive a race car, you got to learn how to drive a normal car. And so that's kind of like the basics of what you need to go through with uh, any, what I would say, legitimate psychic training that's going to teach you how to do the work very safely and in a grounded way. So I started that program and then things started to escalate again. And so at this time, I'm married to my husband, who's also a psychic, Shay. And so I want to tell you about a couple of the other experiences I had. And this is just sort of, I'm doing this because it's Halloween and it's fun and it might light you up a little bit. And I don't know, it might make you think about some of the experiences you've had or really. Most importantly to me, if you're somebody who has these experiences yourself and you feel like you don't have a safe space to share them in like you do, there are people out there going through this process and it doesn't mean you're crazy. And I think, you know, I know at this point I had my master's in social work and I was a clinician and I knew how to give diagnoses. And I was very afraid if I shared what I was going through that people would say like, you're schizophrenic. You're mentally unsound. Um, you know, the world has been doing this to shut down psychics for a long time. And I have a big passion and purpose in this lifetime to debunk that. And I'm coming at that from a place of somebody who used to diagnose people with mental illnesses. So um, so I join psychic school and I decide I'm going to work on these abilities. And then I start getting obviously even a lot more aware and sensitive to energy. And um, I have to say, one of the creepier times was probably my uh, first year in psychic school where I was sleeping (laughs) with my husband. Uh, We're, you know, sleeping. It's nighttime. We're in bed, passed out. And um, I feel a guy come up behind me. This is another big spoon situation. And he tries to uh, do the deed. Um, Pretty much he tries to have anal sex with me. And I was in that state where I wasn't, um, I was aware enough to know what was happening, but I was also uh, totally frozen. And I began trying to come out of it. I've gotten to the point where a lot of these energies will come in when I'm sleeping. That's when a lot of spirits like to come and talk to you because you are in a more vulnerable state, you've left your body. And um, they like to uh, come in to your body at night sometimes, or they like to come in and mess with you. Or they just like to come in and watch you as that blue being who really wasn't doing anything wrong, but I could feel him. So this guy was definitely did not have uh, good intentions. It was definitely not a high vibration being whatsoever. And so he was essentially trying to um, rape me at night. And I started, you know, screaming. And my husband's at the point where, like, um, he he knows when I'm being visited and when I can't move them out because I start screaming. But it's like, you know, it's like, mm-hmm, like, I can't, like, totally scream. But he knows. And he he we have, like, a, a thing where he wakes me up so that I can get out of that state. So we like have this whole system down. He always knows, um, when it's happening. Uh, I don't like to sleep alone. Um, I always like to have an animal in the room or a person in the room because I've had so many of these experiences and, um, it can be a bit much. I've learned to manage it better over the years, but that experience was pretty terrifying. A next, next really odd experience. And this was a little later on. I had more, um, more, uh, awareness over my abilities. Um, once I started taking an actual astral training, I began to learn how to work all the psychic tools I knew how to use to protect myself. When I was awake and conscious, I began working those in the astral space. So when I felt a being come in, I would immediately ground my room, ground my space. And all this is happening, um, while I'm asleep. Essentially, I don't know how it works, but I believe I'm out of my body in the astral. My physical body starts picking up on sensations of energies in the room, subtle energies because I'm such a feeler. And whenever they get too close to me, my astral body rushes back in. My spirit body comes back into my body and I start working my psychic tools. So this was a little bit later on. I had more much more awareness over my space. I was doing a lot better job. I was getting a lot fewer visits because I had um, more seniority over my psychic space and my energy body. I wasn't just letting anything in. And empaths can be huge targets for out-of-body beings because you're sensitive and they can kind of knock you out and come in. And so this, this experience was one night I felt a male presence come into the room and he came in really fast. It was so fast that Normally I can feel it subtly move in and I start to work the energy. He came in fast and he was in my ear, right in my ear, like someone whispering in my ear. And I tried to remain calm and I started working my tools and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to back away from this. Like, I'm not going to start screaming. I'm going to have a conversation with this guy. And so conversations with out of body beings happen telepathically just like they do in the astral. You're speaking to people telepathically. So telepathically, I said to him, who are you? Who are you? What do you want? And then my husband does the best interpretation of this, but the guy goes, I'm your mom and i was like what the fuck <laughs> and then i started screaming and i lost my space entirely and um woke up and told my husband the story and like we couldn't help but kind of laugh cuz we're like okay dude like you're obviously not my mom and also go fuck yourself like who the fuck are you get out of my bedroom um we wake up the next morning and we go outside and there's this black backpack that's been ditched um like outside our gate. And we had kind of this little uh, courtyard, little private courtyard that was fenced off, not secure, but it was fenced off. And this backpack had got ditched out there and we opened it up and had a ton of like drugs in it and paraphernalia. And we called the cops and had them come pick it up. But it made sense to me. Like, obviously there was an addict in really close proximity. A lot of addicts have a lot of very low vibration out of body, um, energies attached to them. And one of them found their way into our house because it was in close proximity to our house. And I believe, uh, Shay and I, we do so much energy work. I think we're quite attractive energies and very light, high vibration, and we can be beacons for good stuff and not so good stuff. This was one of those instances. Um, it was pretty creepy. Tried to work my tools, Luckily, Shay was there, helped me kind of get out of that energy, and um, I woke up. Another less maybe malicious or ill-intentioned being, there are these beings that can come in and they like to move stuff around. They like to mess with you. And one of my good friends, who's a psychic, sometimes we get together and read and have dinner at her house. And one night, we'd had dinner and then I believe we went downstairs to go look at some books and like do kind of a book exchange. We came back upstairs and there was this hat sitting right in the middle of the pathway before you go up and down the stairs and no one else was at the house. There was no coat rack nearby. It was just there. And I was like, Hey, like, where did this hat come from? She's like, Oh, it's the woman. The woman is always moving stuff around in my house. And I was like, dude, like, why haven't you moved her out? Cause she's like, super psychic, knows how to do all the stuff I know how to do. And she's like, yeah, I just like don't want to deal with it. Don't have the time. Um, So it's an interesting thing. You know, there are these beings often that just live amongst us and um, play around, move stuff around. Not always super creepy. Can't always feel it. You might feel yourself being watched. You might feel like someone's in the room with you, but maybe not doing anything malicious. But nonetheless, who wants to share their space with someone they don't want to share their space with? So it's a bit creepy. These were just a couple of the experiences that I've had. And I just thought, you know what? I talk a lot about um, being a clairvoyant, being an empath, being an entrepreneur. But I haven't shared a lot about um, kind of my journey to finding this work and deciding to move forward with getting my seniority over my energy. So that um I wasn't the effect as much to these energies. And so I decided today, in lieu of it being Halloween, that it would be a fun time to share these spooky stories with you. If you have any of your own spooky stories that you want to share, I would love for you to send me an email or shoot me a DM on Instagram, and we can. Have a fun little laugh, or maybe not so fun laugh, but at least you'll know somebody's listening and um, you're not alone. If you're having any of these experiences, you're not alone. Nothing's wrong with you. And um, you can take steps yourself to learn to manage these energies and harness them. So if you're interested, reach out to me. We can chat more. And um, yeah, I'm going to catch you when I catch you. I am not going to make any promises about when that is. I'm having a great time in Barcelona. I'm going with the flow. I'm going with the energy. I'm doing a lot of things here that are bringing me joy, that have really been lacking in my sort of guarded experience as of late in Seaside. So I'm really happy to be here. My energy right now is really on just um, doing what feels good to me. So If you want to catch any stories of the food I'm eating and the places I'm seeing, you can check me out on Instagram. The link is in the show notes. Okay, y'all catch you soon. Thanks for listening to the Empathic Entrepreneur podcast with me, Anna Longstokes. For more information on these and many other topics or to contact me for a consultation, please visit www.empathicpreneur.com. That's empathicpreneur.com or check out the show notes for direct links. And hey, if you like this podcast, please remember to take a minute to leave a review and to share with a friend. Until next time, keep creating.